morning, Agents of Nothing, and welcome to our Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast. We are your commanding officers. I'm Mariah. And I'm Caroline. And today we're going to be talking about Season 2, Episode 8, The Things We Bury. Woohoo! So, Mariah, how was your week? Uh, it was weird. and It was, it was alright. Like, I'm mostly, I'm mostly fine. But Aaron and I had uh, a mutual breakup. We decided to split up. And so now I have to move out of our place and move in with my mom. Um, so podcast-wise, we may or may not miss a week or two. Um, I will try not to, but um, shit is happening. So yeah, it sucks for sure having to deal with, like, Oh, don't cry. (laughs) No. I was doing so good today. You were. As I was saying, it sucks um, just having to, like, untangle the past seven years together. But usually I'm hanging in there. (laughs) It's okay. Just because you're crying doesn't mean that you're not hanging in there. It's a lot. Everybody give Mariah a hug. (laughs) Well, how was your week? Mine was good, actually. Halloween was this week, which was fun. Um, I think we said in the last episode that um, my costume was corn. Me and David and Chip were all corn, which made <laughs> Chip a corn chip. Which was fun. <laughs> <laughs> but also, I heard the voicemail at work. Funny. I'm going to try to just kind of recreate it. But um, basically, sometimes at work we save funny voicemails and so this one it sounds like this is older woman she sounds like Roz from Monsters Inc and so I'm just gonna just picture silence for a couple seconds so it goes answer the phone asshole seriously (laughs) (laughs) that's my favorite thing ever she actually pauses for so much longer like, you literally think that it's over and you forget that you're still listening to it. And then she says, seriously. It's <laughs> <laughs> so funny. That is funny. That sounds funny. <laughs> <sighs> so, you want to wanna get into it? Yeah. All right. So, this episode was written by DJ Doyle and directed by Milan Shalov. DJ Doyle! <laughs> So who do we meet? Do we meet anybody? Nope, just the same old motherfuckers. Just the same old motherfuckers. (laughs) So, we open in Austria, 1945, and the hills are alive with the sound of music. Just kidding. Whitehall is interrogating some guy while surrounded by other Nazis. They're testing how long the obelisk slash diviner takes to kill different types of people. It's, It's interesting because we talked about that too. Like, about how it took so long for it to kill Xena Warrior Princess. Mm -hmm. And then, like, she would have been fine if she hadn't gotten in the wreck. But it kills other people so quickly. It is crazy. Um, And I feel like it's about the Naziest thing that a Nazi could do, honestly. Very interesting. But he says that so far they haven't noticed a distinguishable pattern for who or how quickly this thing kills. So then they bring in the next subject slash victim who notices the charred finger of the man who came before her. She tries to refuse to touch the obelisk, but the soldiers force her. But it doesn't kill her. Whitehall immediately orders for her to be prepared for surgery so that they can 
dissect her, which is disgusting. But he's interrupted by another Nazi informing him that Red Skull is dead and that the Nazis basically lost the war. Also, the messenger calls him Reinhardt, which is an important piece of information for later. What was the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse thing? (laughs) That's a special mouse control that we'll need to use later. That's the one. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So instead, he orders for the woman to be locked up for now, and he repeats the phrase, discovery requires experimentation. And, like, was that, like, a common Nazi dogma or something? Like, it seemed very pointed. I think it's basically, like, Whitehall's catchphrase. Oh, okay. That's what it seemed like, at least. It's a very Nazi thing to say. (laughs) So back to present day, Whitehall is disappointed with his scientists for not getting more information on the Diviner in the time frame that he gave them. He says, with all of today's modern technology, this is all you've got? I had this thing for decades. (laughs) And where, what were you doing in all those decades that you had it and you couldn't find out more? They only had it for a couple weeks. They got more than you did, asshole. (laughs) I hated that. (laughs) Um, So then Whitehall has Zabo brought in, finally. And Zabo says that he could have saved them weeks of work if they'd just listened to him. Zabo tells them that they've been looking at this thing all wrong. It's more than a weapon. It's a key. It will protect itself from those that it doesn't divine to be worthy of unlocking its true power. If someone special takes it to a special place, then it will do something special. Or, in scientific terms, something much cooler. That made me giggle. I remember really hating Sky's dad the first time around, but I'm actually warming up to him this time. Yeah. He's an interesting character, for sure. So, May is in charge of S.H.I.E.L.D. operations while Coulson is going to Hawaii for a mission. And side note here... Stop going to Hawaii. Yes. Tourism there is literally, it's like only bringing money to colonizers and native Hawaiians are being priced out of their home and like their native lands where their ancestors have been for generations and like developed out of their sacred land. Um, So literally just find anywhere else to go. Like if you want those beautiful islands to still exist as beautifully in the next 20 years... Stop funding real estate and development companies who commercialize and destroy every square inch of the landscape. Yes. Just (laughs) to put that in there. Absolutely. I I remember going to Hawaii in the sixth grade because my brother lived there for work as a flight nurse at the time. Yeah. And even as a kid, I was shocked how expensive, like, normal groceries at Walmart were there. Yeah. It's crazy. I've been seeing a lot of content about that from people who live there, like uh, indigenous people there and like people who work in tourism, because that's like the only industry that makes you any kind of money, apparently. That's what I've come to understand. Uh, But even so, like a lot of people are working the tourism industry and they're still like homeless. So go anywhere else. There's a million islands on this planet. Go to one of those. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, hopping off my soapbox. So Colson and May talk about how Senator Ward has impeded on all of their efforts to find Nazi Ward for literally no reason. Morse is apparently attempting to interrogate BHG. And I I am going to start saying BHG instead of British Hydra Guy because the abbreviation BHG kind of sounds like Bakshi in my brain, at least. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, anyway, he apparently wouldn't speak for the first eight hours, but she has made some progress since then. As May hangs up, Sky walks in. She's on this mission with Coulson too, I guess. Coulson is trying to channel Nick Fury, Nicky fucking Fury, <laughs> and figure out how to be five steps ahead of Whitehall. So the plan is to somehow get to the city before he can. I liked how Coulson said about Fury, his communication was flawed. Understatement of the entire MCU. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Fury is the Dumbledore of the MCU. Truly. <laughs> um, so BHG talks some big game about how Hydra is going to win because S.H.I.E.L.D. is irrelevant or whatever. You talking shit for the hell of it. <laughs> Addicted to betrayal, but you're relevant. Y'all, there's going to be so many Taylor Swift references in this one. <laughs> but Morris interrupts him and just says, I read the Hydra pamphlet. Do not <laughs> I speak the old magic to me. I was, I was there, there when, when it, it was, was written. written. <laughs> <laughs> But she clearly gets to him by calling him dumb and a follower and says that Whitehall is fucking boring. (laughs) (laughs) Mac and Hunter are listening in the other room and Hunter says, it's nice to watch someone else suffer for a change. Literally shut up, Hunter. Like, nobody was talking to you. (laughs) What? He's so annoying. So Bobby mentions that Bakshi has got that whole classic Bond villain thing going on. Simon Cassianides, who plays Bakshi, appeared in the Bond film Quantum of Solace in 2008. Really? Oh my god. So I don't know I don't know what part he played or if it was like a big role, but yeah. He he was actually in a Bond film. That's amazing. Wait, I love that. <laughs> So Mac rolls his eyes and changes the subject. He wants to talk about the way Coulson was acting the week before. Mac says that he was violent and scary and that they say it was because Fury messed with his head, but it's freaking him out regardless. They're interrupted by Simmons, though, who hesitantly joins them to watch BHG's interrogation. Simmons says she would be too angry to sit across from the man, smiling the way that Morse seems to. Hunter gets in another quip. Bobby can pretend to like anything. Hunter, maybe she was pretending to like the things that you liked because you couldn't be bothered to like anything that she liked. Did you ever think of that? Yeah. It's also, like, not a flex to imply that your hot ex-wife only pretended to like you. Right. Huh? What What are you trying to say there? That's not a flex. (laughs) That's not, that's not hating on her. Like, that's just you shooting yourself in the fucking foot. Right. (laughs) Idiot. I also really like the darker side of Simmons we're starting to see. Yes, absolutely. She, what, what was it like? Oh, do you want, you you want Bobby to kill him? And she was like, that would be wrong, wouldn't it? (laughs) Yeah. I love that she is, like, she's feeling more comfortable with the shades of gray, and I love that for her. Yeah. Also, I I really hate that every agent is referred to by their last name except for Morse, because, like, even Coulson calls her Agent Morse while discussing official business with May, but then he switched back to calling her Bobby when he and May bro- hung up. And, like, everyone else is referred to by their last name regardless of who they're talking to. Like, Coulson is constantly calling May May. 
and everybody else goes by their last name. It just, yeah. it feels really weird for, like, the token hot girl to all of a sudden be the only agent who, like, prefers to be called by their first name. Didn't like that. So that's a good point, because I was going to say, like, oh, well, Bobby prefers to be called by her first name, yeah. but Bobby was written by someone. Like, she's not making these decisions on her own. Right. <laughs> If she was a real person, it'd be a different story, but... Exactly. Anyway, um, so Morris taunts BHG and calls him a brainwashed beta. Um, and he's like, what the fuck? How dare you? I'm focused on the big picture, okay? He says that Whitehall was a disciple of Red Skull, and somehow that makes BHG important, too. So Bobby Morse makes a reference here to the MK Ultra trials, these were experiments carried out illegally by the CIA to figure out ways to control the mind when interrogating someone. Like in real life? Yeah, no, you haven't heard of that? No? <laughs> what? Yeah, no, the CIA was fully trying to figure out mind control. They were, like, torturing people to figure out mind control. Oh, no. <laughs> that was a real thing that happened. <laughs> oh, no. Yikes. Yeah. <laughs> Is that part of our video going to just get mysteriously cut out? <laughs> <laughs> hey, CIA, fuck off, bitches. <laughs> to the CIA agent who's watching our Zoom call right now, we're on to you. <laughs> anyway, uh, so Morse comes back out to talk with the rest of the team. She says that she's happy to let BHG stew about the possibility of being brainwashed for a while since any member of Hydra could have been brainwashed without even knowing it. And Simmons says, yes, that's true. Oh, <laughs> her realization was so funny. <laughs> yes, that's true. Oh. Morse is hopeful, though, thinking that BHG might have slipped in some of the verbiage that he used about Whitehall. Are Whitehall and Red Skull maybe the same person? Hmm. Simmons brings up that this bunker used to belong to the SSR before Fury restored it so they can look through some of the old SSR files. Okay, now this, this feels like a supernatural episode. <laughs> <laughs> so Senator Ward's SUV pulls up to a cabin in the woods. He gets off the phone with his wife and then calls someone else and says, It's me. Hi. I'm the problem. It's me. It's true. But then, ew, he's talking to his mistress. <laughs> He is the problem. Supposedly. We'll never know. True. We will never know. Anyway, um, but then Nazi Ward. <laughs> Nazi Ward breaks through the car window with the head of security. Oh, sorry. I meant the security guard's head. <laughs> and I still hate his haircut. Um, so Sky, Colson, Fitz, and Trip have landed in Oahu. Colson tells them not to take guns, but to deliver a watch to someone named Cam at Kahana Nui Repair Shop to get it inscribed with a love note to Darren Chris. Oh, boy. Mia is not going to be happy about that one. He has a child, Sky. <laughs> How could you? Come on. Have a heart. Have we ever talked about my Darren Chris obsession on maybe the podcast? Once. Because maybe I don't once. think we have. I feel like maybe it's been it's been referred to before, but we haven't actually talked about it. I was a huge star kid. I watched a very Potter musical, like... When it was still, like, Harry Potter the musical, I think it was called. Mm -hmm. um, and then they had to change it because they were going to be sued. <laughs> um, so I, I got in on the ground floor of Daring Christum. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I'm not as obsessed as I used to be with him, but, God, I love that man with my whole heart. 
He's very talented. He is. He's very, very talented. And he seems like a good person. Yeah. So. Juliet agrees. agrees. <laughs> um, anyway, so Coulson also adds that if the watch starts to leak any fluids, drop it and run. What? <laughs> <laughs> That's weird. Um, so then Coulson gives Trip a, I thought it was a coin, but it was a button. To take to the uh, Capua dry cleaner and do not put it in your pocket unless you want to become infertile. And then bring back a blue tie. Shoves the button in my vagina. (laughs) Right? Please! (laughs) That was a a little much. I'm sorry. (laughs) I I loved it. I loved it. It was just enough. (laughs) Um, anyway, so they both have to be back in time to be in the air in 40 minutes. What a plan. So Coulson's blue tie is mentioned later to be a gift from Audrey, Aww. who is the cellist, first mentioned in The Avengers, and then seen in season one's The Only Light in the Darkness. Yeah. Audrey. Audrey. I hope, she, hope she's doing well. Me too. So Fitz is to install a transceiver within six minutes while under pressure in the field. But since he only has one working hand now, he has to practice over and over and over until it's time. Coulson says, don't think about the action. Let the action help you think. Um, so then Hunter checks on Morse while she is pacing and twirling and thinking. Morse has gotten BHG figured out as a person. Uh, borderline personality disorder. His parents weren't around. He got into petty crime when he was young, got kicked out of the military, blah, blah, blah. But she has a theory that BHG crossed Whitehall as an enemy and was given a second chance. When she was talking about him overvaluing relationships, I was like, okay, at me next time. (laughs) So Simmons has been looking through decades of research and found the original 084 report signed by Agent Carter herself. And she's trying to contain her uncontrollable fangirl. <laughs> I remember at the time being like, same Simmons, same. <laughs> um, but May won't fangirl with her. She just wants to know what there is on the Red Skull. She says that the Howling Commandos grabbed a Dr. Reinhardt and the Obelisk in 1945. Hmm. May grabs a key from a hidden compartment in the wall and to Simmons' delight says that Agent Carter buried more here than just Vault D. <laughs> What we bury. <laughs> yeah. Um, so speaking of, a flashback to the SSR case called The Rat. Or I guess it was, The Rat was the the prison, wasn't it? I suppose so. Never mind. Uh, to the SSR prison called The Rat. <laughs> Carter enters the interrogation room that, I guess it wasn't the interrogation room that Morse was just in, but in an interrogation room. <laughs> you tried I did gold star gold star Haley Atwell reprises her film role as Peggy Carter again in the season ahead of her own series in flashback sequences that include mention of Red Skull and his death both depicted in the film Captain America the First Avenger and Alexander Pierce who appeared in Captain America the Winter Soldier this is Haley Atwell's fifth appearance to this point at in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Look at her go. And we won't get rid of her yet. <laughs> Good. Maybe she's immortal too. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, anyway, so she stands across from Whitehall slash Reinhardt, and Whitehall tries to weasel his way into a deal. 
But Carter won't stand for it. She saw the home movies of Whitehall's experiments, and there's no way that he would get a second chance. Did they have home movies in 1945? Maybe. I don't know. I guess they had video cameras. Yeah. But did they have it ubiquitous to the point of... Of people being able to do it at home. Like, having that be a phrase? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Interesting. Um, So Whitehall tempts her with more knowledge on the items that they confiscated from him. He talks about a myth about blue angels coming to Earth to conquer humanity. Blue angels, you say? Hmm. (laughs) So back to present day... Zabo responds to Whitehall's story by saying that the blue angels came to end mankind, only sparing a chosen few. He says that the diviner decides who lives, who dies, who tells your story. Don't. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) He says that only those worthy of carrying the diviner are allowed to enter the temple within the city. Zabo says that he is willing to find this city for Whitehall for next to nothing in return. He says that he's lost everything, and he only wants to kill the ones who took it from him and be reunited with his family in, in the, afterlife. the afterlife. And now that I've seen all of this episode, this is a very interesting way for him to phrase that. Isn't it? You have no idea. Whitehall's like, great, someone to do my bidding, and then I get to kill them after as an added bonus. But Zabo's like, no, you don't understand. (laughs) So the wards are on a relaxing hike through the woods, with Senator Ward being handcuffed, and little brother Ward is pushing him along. They're both being fucking awful, (laughs) blaming each other for whatever the fuck, everything. Maynard says, spare me the non-apology. I'm a senator. (laughs) And I screamed. (laughs) (laughs) Maynard finally realizes that Grant is taking him to the well. Oh! So he was lying to Coulson about that, and now it's a well hmm thing. <laughs> I love seeing a liar squirm. It's my favorite thing. <laughs> um, so then Grant throws Maynard a shovel and says, Mom and Dad didn't bury the well. They just covered it up. The symbolism here, it's so good. It really is. I just like the theming throughout this whole episode because the city is buried. The files are buried. Whitehall's past is buried. The well was buried. The And just the symbolism of mom and dad didn't bury it. They just covered it up. Yeah. If you bury something, you you make it completely disappear. You Whether you make it right or not, it's like it never happened. You buried it. Right. But if you just cover it up, you're pretending it didn't happen. You're not acknowledging it. And I think that's so cool. It's fantastic. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. It's such good writing in this episode. I love yes. it so much. Um, anyway, Ward's trauma that involves his two brothers was first seen in season one's episode, The Well. But we knew this. We all knew this. And whether or not that is actual trauma it remains to be seen. Mm. Remains to be seen. I don't know. We'll talk about it later. So Fitz is practicing setting up the transceiver in the bus, and he's having trouble with it. Skye and Tripp show up to help him out. Tripp says that Fitz could do this in his sleep, and Fitz says, yeah, but the problem is I'm awake. 
fucking felt that. Same. <laughs> Coulson returns and gets the blue tie from Trip, and then he says to get the wheels in the air. They are headed to the Australian Outback. Good eye, mate. <laughs> Good eye, mate. <laughs> that was really bad. Both of those. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> Um, so May, Simmons, Mac, and Hunter are hunting through the secret SSR files. They found some creepy shit that it's a damn good thing most of S.H.I.E.L.D. didn't know about this place while Hydra was in the ranks because holy shit. <laughs> and Hunter finds the Reinhardt file. Simmons realizes that Reinhardt and Whitehall are the same person. May pulls up an old prison photo from the rat, revealing that Reinhardt slash Whitehall did in fact age and he was in the prison until he died. Or not until he died. For a long time, he was he, in prison. He had a life sentence. He was in. He had a life sentence. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> ah, <laughs> the way that it was worded was weird, and I tried to fix it, and it didn't work. I love the misunderstandings that you have in the episode, where you're like, his nickname was <laughs> the Rat, and he did die. Actually. <laughs> I feel like and that's then better. was he brought to life? I like, I'm hmm? going to call him the rat, actually. No, I'm not. I'm not going to remember. <laughs> but I like that. <laughs> um, so Carter goes back to visit Reinhardt one last time. He thinks that she's finally come crawling back to work with him, but she gives him the ultimate punishment. She says that after she leaves, no one will come visit him. No one will ask him for stories. No one will study his artifacts. He and his work will be completely forgotten and erased. And he was left in his cell for decades until he was old and decrepit in 1989. Welcome to New York. It's been been waiting for you. you. (laughs) But then uh, Pierce, somebody, decided to release him for some reason on parole. And one of the agents who got him out is a Hydra agent. Alexander Pierce. And he's Hydra. Oh... Okay. Okay, so you don't for know who that reason. is yet. Yeah, but they've said his name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Alexander Pierce. He's Hydra. Spoiler mm-hmm. alert. I should have known. <laughs> okay, so he did have a reason. <laughs> <laughs> he had a reason to put him on parole. Anyway, so one of the agents who got him out, who like picks him up and puts him in his fucking wheelchair to take him out. Is also a Hydra agent who tells him that the woman was found and that she's still alive. The son of Lou Ferrino, Lou Ferrino Jr. Ferrigno. Is it Ferrigno? Yeah. Are you positive? Positive. That my brother and my dad were both obsessed. Okay. (laughs) The son of Lou Ferrigno, Lou Ferrigno Jr., Plays the Hydra sleeper agent who released Whitehall from the Rat. Wow. Lou Ferrigno Sr. is best known as a bodybuilder and the actor who played the Hulk in The Incredible Hulk in 1977. That's so funny. Literally, my brother had a signed photo of Lou Ferrigno on his wall. As the Hulk? No, as a bodybuilder. <laughs> I think he got it at, like, a car show or something. Would have been cooler as the Hulk. (laughs) Wouldn't it? (laughs) Full circle. I love it. Okay. Finally, I have a story about (laughs) one of these things. One of your fun facts. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, so the so they find the woman in Austria, and they bring Whitehall to her among the other elders of a Chinese Austrian community, I guess. Um, and she hasn't aged at all. Whitehall gets very excited and says his catchphrase, which we heard earlier, and I didn't write it down, so I don't remember it. <laughs> uh, what is it? Um, Experimentation requires more experiment. <laughs> Discovery requires experimentation. That's what it was. Okay. <laughs> That's the one. <laughs> Experimentation <laughs> requires experiments. <laughs> that's what he should change it to, honestly. <laughs> that's that's okay, write it down, you guys. That's one of our merch phrases. <laughs> Experimentation requires experiments. Yes. Agents of nothing. <laughs> we should absolutely have a hoodie or something that says <laughs> that. <laughs> And also, content warning, human meat. Yes! (laughs) We'll get to that later, you guys. Yeah, yeah. I... Oh, my God. (laughs) Anyway, okay, moving on. Um, So, Simmons and Hunter are looking over the Reinhardt file, narrowing down when he de-aged and changed his identity. As Simmons goes to throw some ideas at May... Hunter steals the file and goes to watch Morse, who is still working on cracking BHG. Morse asks if BHG's devotion to Whitehall is out of fear or respect. And BHG says it goes deeper. (gasps) They're in love. The things we bury. (laughs) Um, So Morse once again suggests that BHG was brainwashed. And he tries to turn things around on her, asking if she fears her friend's judgment for what she had to do to infiltrate Hydra. She doesn't skip a beat and just says that his fear of judgment makes sense. He must fear that Whitehall will be disappointed in him. And fucking yes, Bobby, turn that projection right around. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) So she says that Whitehall will be very disappointed to know that BHG gave him up. And BHG is very confused. He didn't think he gave up anything. But then Morse opens the Reinhardt file in front of him. We know everything, including about his high blood pressure. Did you know that? (laughs) Dun, dun, dun. And he didn't know that, so he slammed his own head against the table and starts foaming at the mouth on the floor. Hunter runs in flabbergasted. Morris recognizes that he must have had a cyanide capsule embedded in his cheekbone, but she won't let him get off that easy. (laughs) Um, So the wards are having a very tense conversation. See, Ward wants Ward to admit that Ward forced Ward to push their youngest brother down the well. But Ward swears that Ward did it because Ward enjoys it. (laughs) Uh, And then Ward hits the top of the well and tries to run away. But Ward catches him and holds him over the well. After they took the... the lid off the cover off yeah 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 he almost throws him down there but maynard finally admits that he did force grant to push thomas maynard says that he wanted thomas dead because thomas was the only one that their mother didn't torture he wanted their mom to feel his and grant's pain but he didn't have the courage to do it himself this man makes laws (laughs) so when asked whether christian ward lied to his brother to save himself in the episode Executive producer Marissa Tancherowen said, After seeing the Ward brothers together, these are the questions we had hoped the audience would be asking. 
Grant had painted such a horrible portrait of Christian, and we believed him. But when we finally meet Christian in the flesh, not only does he seem like a decent man, he has a very different take on the stories Grant has told. Then Grant makes Christian a victim before our very eyes, forcing him to admit the truth. So who do you choose to believe? Are we going to actually talk about this? Because I do. I want to. Sure. Go ahead. So my my logic so far is that I don't think that Grant is, like, trying to lie. Like, I don't think if if he is, if this isn't how it actually happened, it is how he experienced it. And I, but I also, we've seen Grant get, like, basically brainwashed and groomed and abused before. And so it makes sense for that to have started from somewhere, you know? Yeah. And it also, these these kids are obviously already completely fucked up because of their parents. But it does seem to make sense that in in that child's mind for him to not feel jealous of grant because grant is receiving the same treatment as he is but then to see his youngest brother be treated differently i can see that jealousy come forward and if he's already in a violent home anyway and like if he has already been able to control his brother to some extent before i don't know i can just see it i can i can see grant being more right but i can also see if like it didn't happen the way either of them remember it you know yeah i i would want to hear thomas's rendition of the story because i'm more inclined to believe him since he was the victim right like regardless of who forced who or did thomas die no um Regardless of, like, who forced who or who pushed who or who did what, Thomas was the victim. And I would want to hear the way that he sees it. Yeah, for sure. Very complicated topic. But I kind of don't believe either of them, really. I think I think that they did it together and neither of them wants to take the blame, take the fall for it. Yeah. Neither of them wants to admit that they were capable of that. Right. I did like... When uh, Christian was saying, I wasn't pulling the trigger when you killed all of those people. Yeah. Regardless of what what this potentially awful kid did in his childhood, it's not necess- it's not his fault that Grant is the way that he is. Yeah. Right. Like they both experienced abuse at the hands of their parents. They're both have their own choices and decisions to make about what they do or don't do. Yeah, I mean, Maynard became a Republican senator and Ward became a Nazi. Yeah, which so are very similar they're life paths, not honestly. all that different. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like they could have some common ground here. To hear it the way that other people talk about it, apparently, supposedly, back in that time, Republicans weren't extremists. But that's neither here nor there. Back in what time? 2014? Exactly. <laughs> okay. We were alive Like, did for we that. watch the same Fox News? <laughs> right. Because I watched Fox News 
I was subjected to Fox News growing up. Did we watch the same Fox News? Mm-hmm. The only people saying that are the people who didn't watch Fox News. Right. Okay? <laughs> yep. Yeah, I heard that shit. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Um. So Grant says that he accepts Maynard's apology, and he says, it's time we went home. Home? <laughs> Question mark? That felt sketchy. So... The bus has landed in Laura Creek, Australia. Coulson explains the plan that they have just executed, and it was very convoluted, and I can't begin to write it down, but it's all connected, and they're going to find the city. (laughs) Um, Anyway, so Fitz says that he has his transceiver installation down to 7 minutes and 20 seconds. Coulson looks at him and pauses for a moment and says, that's not good enough. And Fitz says, oh, but that's with my bad hand. With both, I can do it, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck, I missed him. He's so funny. And then Tripp's face as he's walking by. Incredible. So, Kayana Point goes down, but the Laura Creek Center has been infiltrated by Hydra. Shields' comms go down, and the guns start blazing. So Fitz unties the crew that was captured, and... They realize that the server is coming on, which means that the Kyena point was going down. Coulson orders Fitz to find a way, even though they're being shot at, as this is their only window of opportunity. And then look at Coulson in that vest! (laughs) (laughs) You love a good vest. I do love a good vest. With the sleeves rolled up and everything, it was excellent. (laughs) (laughs) So Fitz gets to work inside the server room, and Trip has his back, but then Trip gets shot! No! I literally screamed and cried. <laughs> but then Zabo comes out of the room where the crew was hiding, and he says that he's a doctor and he can help. Fuck no! <laughs> Halfway through the procedure, Zabo slips and calls Colson Phil. Colson starts to pull a gun on him, but Zabo points out that if he dies, so does Trip. Zaba takes all their guns and asks if Sky is there. He wants to make a good first impression, so he doesn't want to meet her right now. <laughs> Coulson starts to say, I don't think it's a good idea for Sky too. But Zaba yells, You're not her dad. <laughs> uh, he says he needs Whitehall and that the end will justify the means. He also reveals that the diviner has something inside. Coulson says, What are we talking? Tesseract level power? And Zabo's like, yeah, sure. I don't know what that is. (laughs) Me. (laughs) Me as fuck. That feel when you. (laughs) My feel when Zabo is me. (laughs) Coulson starts to say that Sky won't want anything to do with Zabo if he lets Trip die. And Zabo says, that's not her name. No, that's not what I wanted to say there. And Zabo says, that's not her name. That's not her name. That's not her name! He's really into old meme references. I'm really into old meme references. <laughs> anyway, moving on. So Zabo gives Coulson instructions on how to save Trip, and then he runs away. Fitz finishes up the transceiver earlier than he thought he would, and comes to help with Trip, and they quickly get him stabilized. Sky and the Geek Squad are waiting impatiently until they finally see the transceiver powering up. Whitehall is talking about the importance of taking second chances. And then, good God, the surgery scene. I could not look. It's so graphic. For real. I don't remember it being that 
detailed when it was airing, but on Disney Plus, it was insane. It was truly disgusting. Um, Caroline had called me to chat um, and check in on me post-breakup, but I had just watched the episode, and I was like, oh, by the way, uh, there's a pretty graphic, like, surgery scene. It's more like a dissection than a surgery. Yeah. And then I said something along the lines of, they're really going hard with the human meat this season. (laughs) Yes, they are. And I mean, they are. It's really, it's a lot. (laughs) And so then we were joking that we should make, uh, we should make t-shirts that say, content warning, human meat. (laughs) So let us know if you want those. Because we'll do it. Anyway, so just, like, speeding on past that surgery part, I did not look. I was only listening. Whitehall took everything he possibly could from the woman to make himself immortal, too. Whitehall was making his second chance speech to none other than Grant Ward, who apparently used his brother's confession to him to stage a murder-suicide of Maynard and their parents. I knew that sounded sketchy. And, I mean, like, good for him from an abused kid revenge standpoint, I guess. But, yikes. (laughs) On the potential interactions between Grant Ward and the Doctor introduced at the end of the episode, which is actually, I I put this here, but it's actually when uh, Zabo comes to talk to him. Yeah. Anyways, the potential interactions between Grant Ward and the Doctor introduced at the end of the episode, uh, Marissa Tancherowen said, We have a few uneasy alliances between characters on the show this year. The Doctor and Ward is another relationship we're introducing. Both of these men are complicated, and it's hard to tell where their true intentions lie. They've each displayed some rather unpredictable and unsavory behavior. Seeing them work together will be interesting, to say the least. Definitely. I am confused about where the name Zabo came from, because, like, this is the showrunner calling him The Doctor. It says it on, like, the caption, on the closed captioning. It says Zabo when he's speaking. It does. Where the fuck did that come from? I think um, it's because the character that he's based off of in the comics, I believe, is called Zabo. Or, like, his name is something Zabo. Okay. I'm not entirely (laughs) sure, but I think that's what it is. But I don't understand either. <laughs> I don't get it. They just, I don't like, know. <laughs> threw that name on there. Nobody calls him that. <laughs> and now the showrunner, the showrunner doesn't even call him that. <laughs> anyway, oh, I just, gosh. <laughs> I was like, did I make that up? I'm pretty sure I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, you didn't. Okay. <laughs> Uh, Anyway, so Morse and Hunter watch as the S.H.I.E.L.D. doctors save BHG. They start getting into an argument about how the interrogation went, and Hunter accuses Morse of pushing too hard in order to save her own reputation after he brought up what she did during her undercover time in Hydra. Morse correctly states that she can't argue a man into suicide, and Hunter disgustingly says, clearly you've never been in an argument with yourself. what the fuck, Hunter? Jesus. That was that was so much. God, it was so uncalled for. And the fact yeah. that this leads to 
I know. Yeah. Let, me, let me finish the sentence. <laughs> Hunter continues saying that it doesn't matter what question he asks her, he can't trust the answer. And she says, write that sentence down and hand it to your therapist. That was so good. That's such a good line. <laughs> I feel I feel like that should be the standard comeback for like fucked up things that people say. Yeah. But anyway, it's the, then it's the classic fighting to fucking pipeline. Very Iron Man of them, actually, to be quite frank. Bobby. Bobby, no. <laughs> Anyone else. He sucks. Listen, I love Aaron to pieces. I have a lot of love for him. Our relationship was dysfunctional at, at the, even the best of times. So as someone who just got out of a dysfunctional relationship, Bobby, no! <laughs> no, don't go back! Don't do it! Resist! 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 <laughs> Aaron doesn't suck nearly as hard as Hunter does. <laughs> Holy shit. No, Hunter, Hunter sucks. Yeah. Aaron's fine. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Sky finally gets the satellite up and they're searching for the city across the earth. And Coulson and Fitz are unbearably quiet. So just as Sky is asking them what's wrong, the satellite finds a match. <gasps> da, da, da. And now it's time for the post content content. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. I loved it. <laughs> Zabo joins a meeting with Whitehall and Ward, and oh no, they're both obsessed with Sky. <laughs> Zabo says that seeing Coulson in the field wasn't a complete loss. It's always good to look your enemy in the eye, and then he looks at Whitehall. Holy shit. That was so good. He couldn't have made it more obvious, and Whitehall was just like, mm-hmm. yep, that's, that's true. Right. I've always said that, You're Bestie. So, so true, I've Bestie. I've always said that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. We're making eye contact. That means we love We're each friends. other. We're on the same side. <laughs> um. So then cut to 25 years ago, and was that the... Is that a different actor? Like, who did they get to play young Zabo? Because they look exactly alike. It was insane. The de-aging tech that Marvel has is vastly better than their aging tech. Their aging tech is, like, uncanny valley territory, <laughs> but their de That's the same guy. That's It's crazy. the same guy. It's Kyle MacLachlan. That's insane. Isn't it? Like, he looks exactly like he did when he was on Twin Peaks. Wow. He literally looks 25 years younger. It's insane. Anyway, so Zabo is running through the wilderness when he finds, holy fuck, Whitehall killed Sky's mom for immortality and then just dumped her body in the woods. Like, goddamn, I would have destroyed a city too. Jesus. Right? Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. So, overall thoughts. I had a lot of thoughts, but none that were coherent. I'm really enjoying getting to know Sky's dad's motivations more. Like this was, and the way that they showed it was really good. Like the slow burn. Yeah. You're like, oh, this guy's evil as fuck. And then it's like, oh, what the hell? Yeah. He's valid. <laughs> yeah. And then the reveal that the woman is Sky's mom is yeah. like so. Heartbreaking. And, and again, like 
I really can't believe that we're getting into this stuff already <laughs> because it feels like we just started this season. I know. And, like, we're getting into, like, the big plot points. It's so cool. I'm so excited. Yes. Um, but my main thought on this episode was the title and the theming were yeah. so good because so much of it is genuinely about the things we bury. And it's all different things, and it's all the things that Bakshi buries, like, in his own mind. The things that Whitehall buried, the things that Peggy Carter buried, the things that Ward's parents buried. Yeah. Uh, the city that's literally buried. Yeah. I love a good metaphor. The... Oh my god, the uh, the intentions that Zabo has buried yes. in order to get revenge. It's so Excellent. good. The theming. The <laughs> theming. Theming and scheming. Ugh. Theming and scheming. Theming and scheming. Theming and scheming. Theming and scheming. <laughs> theming and scheming. <laughs> well, that concludes our episode on season two, episode eight, The Things We Bury. Yeah. If you want to keep up with us, you can follow us on TikTok at Agents of Nothing Podcast, on Twitter at Agent Nothing Pod, and on Instagram at Agents of Nothing Podcast. You can go to anchor.fm slash Agents of Nothing and subscribe to us for $2.99 a month for special bonus content. And you can email us at Agents of Nothing Podcast at gmail.com and we may just read it on the show. If you want to find me, Mariah, I'm on Twitter at full swamp witch underscore on tiktok at submarine warfare and on instagram at submarine warfare and you can follow me caroline on twitter at rusty page 95 on instagram at underscore rusty page or on tiktok at crazy ginger 995 next week we will be covering season two episode nine ye who enter here so stay tuned for that okay bye